Hello, my name is Farron Glenfield. I'm the Church of Ireland Bishop of Kilmore, Elfin and Arda. It's springtime and the daffodils are out in all their glory. The birds are singing, building their nests. The swallows are on their way from Africa. All signs of things coming to life. In Easter, we celebrate the resurrection of Jesus Christ. And if we look all around, God has placed into the created order the principle of dying and rising. These daffodils will die back in May and June. They'll go back into their bulbs. And then after the harsh winter, when they're buried, they will rise again in the spring of 2022. And in Jesus Christ, God has taken this principle that he's written into creation and done an incredible thing. Jesus died to deal with our sin and he rose again so that we could live the life that God intends for us. So in these services which are coming to you over Easter and coming beyond Easter into spring and early summer, I do pray that you will be filled with the life of God as you recognize who Jesus is, the living one, our Savior and Lord. Do enjoy these services and God bless.
Christ is risen. The Lord is risen indeed. Alleluia. Blessed be the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ. By his great mercy, he has given us a new birth into a living hope through the resurrection of Jesus Christ from the dead. Well, hello, and you're very welcome to our worship service for this second Sunday in Easter. And we're delighted to welcome the whole diocese to worship this morning. Today's service will be led by the people and clergy from the Baileyborough group of parishes and the Coot Hill group of parishes, uh, Drumgoon. My name's Ian, I'm the rector here in the Baileyborough group, and I welcome you here outside Knockbride Parish Church on this nice spring morning. And a little later, we'll be joining the Reverend David Moses at Kill Parish Church as he opens up God's word to us. And if you're joining us from beyond the diocese, you're particularly welcome and we're delighted to have you here with us as we celebrate the new and eternal life that can be had when we put our trust in the Lord Jesus Christ, the risen Lord. Beloved in Christ, we come together to offer to Almighty God our worship and praise and thanksgiving, to confess our sins and to receive God's forgiveness, to hear his holy word proclaimed, and to bring before him our needs and the needs of the world, and to pray that in the power of his spirit we may serve him and know the greatness of his love. We come to a time of confession. If you join in in the parts that you see in bold on the screen in front of you. If we say we have no sin, we deceive ourselves and the truth is not in us. If we confess our sins, God will forgive our sins and cleanse us from all that is wrong. Let us therefore confess our sins to God our Father. Heavenly Father, we have sinned against you and against our neighbour in thought and word and deed, through negligence, through weakness, through our own deliberate fault, by what we have done and by what we have failed to do, we are truly sorry and repent of all our sins. For the sake of your Son, Jesus Christ, who died for us, forgive us all that is past and grant that we may serve you in newness of life to the glory of your name. Amen. Almighty God, who forgives all who truly repent, have mercy on us, pardon and deliver us from all our sins. Confirm and strengthen us in all goodness and keep us in eternal life through Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Our children at Easter time, uh, we have much to celebrate, don't we? I'm sure you're full of chocolate eggs and all sorts of things at this stage. Maybe you've still even got some left. Um, but what we celebrate at Easter is Christ's death on the cross, which he did, the sacrifice he gave of himself for you and for me so that we can be forgiven for all of the wrong things that we have done. And then we celebrate the miracle of his resurrection because Jesus didn't stay dead. He came back to life. He was brought back by God. It's a miracle. And because of that, we can have new life with him. And not only that, we don't say Jesus was Lord. Jesus used to be Lord. We say Jesus is Lord. So the resurrection really shows us that there is nothing that God cannot do. So Anita's going to come and sing to us now a lovely children's chorus called My God is So Big. And in that chorus we're told that there is nothing that God cannot do. So why don't you sing along with Anita now? My God is so big. 
O Lord, open our lips, and our mouth will proclaim your praise. O God, make speed to save us. O Lord, make haste to help us. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen. Praise the Lord. The Lord's name be praised. We're going to praise him in the words of the Easter anthems, which will be read to us now by Victor Scott. A reading from the Easter anthems. Christ our Passover has been sacrificed for us, therefore let us celebrate the feast, not with the old leaven of corruption and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. Christ, once raised from the dead, dies no more. Death has no more dominion over him. In dying he died to sin once for all. In living he lives to God. See yourselves therefore as dead to sin and alive to God in Jesus Christ our Lord. Christ has been raised from the dead, the first fruits of those who sleep. For as by man came death, by man has come also the resurrection of the dead. For as in Adam all die, even so in Christ shall all be made alive. Glory to the Father, and to the Son, and to the Holy Spirit, as it was in the beginning, is now, and shall be forever. Amen.
reading this morning will be read to us by Donald Howell. A reading from the 20th chapter of John, beginning at verse 19. On the evening of that first day of the week, when the disciples were together with the doors locked for fear of the Jews, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. After he said this, he showed them his hands and sighed. The disciples were overjoyed when they saw the Lord. Again, Jesus said, Peace be with you. As the Father has sent me, I am sending you. And with that, he breathed on them and said, Receive the Holy Spirit. If you forgive anyone his sins, they are forgiven. If you do not forgive them, they are not forgiven. Now Thomas, called Didymus, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the nail marks in his hands, and put my finger where the nails were, and put my hand into his side, I will not believe it. A week later, his disciples were in the house again, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were locked, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out and put your hand into my side. Stop doubting and believe. And Thomas said to him, My Lord and my God. Then Jesus told him, Because you have seen me, you have believed. Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have believed. Jesus did many other miraculous signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written that you may believe that Jesus is the Christ, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. I would like to welcome you to St. Mark's Parish Church, Kellershardoni, just over the hill from Knockbride, and part of a group of parishes with Coot Hill, Ashfield, and Dernakesh Chapel of Ease. Let us pray. Lord, by the written word and through the spoken word, May we behold the living word, Jesus Christ, our Lord. Amen. The year was 1946. The day was the 19th of August. A boy was born in a small American town called Hope in Arkansas State. Almost 46 years later, in July 1992, he was giving his acceptance speech when he was selected as presidential candidate 
at the Democratic Party National Convention in New York. And he went on to be elected president in November of that year. In case you haven't guessed, his name was Bill Clinton. And his closing phrase in that acceptance speech in New York was, I believe in a place called hope. I believe in a place called hope. Last Sunday, our bishop preached from Mark chapter 16, the account of the three women going to the tomb to anoint the body of Jesus. He told us how, when they discovered that the tomb was empty, their darkness was changed to light. Their fear was changed to love. And their despair was changed to hope. And it is this theme of hope which I want to consider today. I believe in a place called hope. We believe the Bible to be God's word. As the Apostle Paul reminds us, all scripture is given by inspiration of God. When the Bible speaks, God speaks. The foundational statements of faith of our church are known as the 39 Articles. You can find them at the back of the Book of Common Prayer that we use. Article 6 speaks about the Word of God. The language is medieval, but the truth is timeless. Holy Scripture containeth all things necessary for salvation. Our Bible reading today recounts one of the appearances of Jesus following his resurrection. In the various accounts of the resurrection, the spotlight falls on different characters. In this passage, the spotlight is on Thomas. And the Bible is open and honest. Thomas is questioning and skeptical. He is so human. Aren't we glad that he is there in the account of the resurrection? On the evening of the first Easter day, Thomas was not with the disciples as Jesus came among them in the room where they were hiding for fear of the Jews. They had run away at Jesus' arrest. Fear gripped them. They thought that they would be next. 
But Jesus came among them and said, Peace be with you. He didn't denounce them for their failures and fears. He simply said, Peace be with you. Jesus is patient with his followers. Where was Thomas that night? John does not tell us. He simply states in verse 24, Now Thomas, one of the twelve, was not with the disciples when Jesus came. Perhaps the weekend's events had been too much for him. Perhaps he needed some time alone to grieve and to try to come to terms with what had happened. We don't know. But he was isolated from the other disciples. Isolation. Thomas had chosen it. But it has been forced on us for over a year now. And the effects are the same. We can feel alone, out of contact, separated. We trust the isolation will soon come to an end as the vaccines are rolled out, as the country begins to open up again. But we believe in a place called hope. And as our reading continues, we find Thomas in a place of hope, an encounter with the risen Christ. It is exactly one week later The disciples are together again in the same room and Thomas is among them this time. Everything is as it was before. And again, Jesus comes among them and he says, peace be with you. It is great to have this account of Thomas. He could be any of us. He is one for whom faith will only be a reality when the concrete evidence of the resurrection is provided to him. Thomas has no experience of the empty tomb. Nor has he heard or seen Jesus. So for him, faith seems daunting and impossible. He becomes a type of template for us who read the account of Jesus from a distance. I believe in a place called hope. And that hope comes to Thomas through his encounter with the risen Christ. 
That hope arises from who Jesus is and what he has done as it comes to Thomas. And it can come to us too. Do you believe in a place called hope? In this second appearance in the room, Jesus knew about Thomas's situation. And he knows our situation also. Whatever that may be. There's perhaps illness or depression or isolation or whatever God knows. And we read, Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here. See my hands. Reach out your hand and put it into my side. Stop doubting and believe. This was a forthright challenge to personal commitment. And we don't read of Thomas reaching out or touching Jesus. He simply declares, My Lord and my God. A turning point for Thomas. A place called hope for Thomas. The hope of the Christian is wrapped up in the death and resurrection of Christ. The Christian hope is not a vague statement. Like, I hope to go on holiday this year. Or I hope my son gets over from America soon. The Christian hope is secure. The writer of the Hebrews put it like this. We have a hope as an anchor for the soul, firm and secure. The Christian hope is demonstrated in the conversation of Christ and the dying thief recorded by Luke. Jesus, remember me when you come into your kingdom. Jesus answered him, Truly I tell you, today you will be with me in paradise. Or the words of Paul when he was in prison, probably awaiting martyrdom. We would prefer to be absent from the body, present with the Lord. The Christian hope is firm and secure. Our reading today ended with a summary, with a reasoning, with a challenge to us. In the last two verses of this chapter, 
John takes us on a journey, a journey from doubt to belief. Listen again to what he writes. Jesus performed many other signs in the presence of his disciples, which are not recorded in this book. But these are written, that you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God, and that by believing you may have life in his name. As we conclude, John, in these last two verses, lists five steps. First, Jesus did many things. He tells us that Jesus performed many other signs which are not recorded in this book. Secondly, he did these things in the presence of his disciples. He was public. He operated in the open. Thirdly, the things which Jesus did are recorded in a book. In a number of books, in fact. Because Luke, in his account, begins with these words. Since I myself have carefully investigated everything from the beginning, I have decided to write an orderly account. And in our reading here today, John simply writes, These things are written. And fourthly, John gives us the reason why he wrote them down. These things are written. That you may believe that Jesus is the Messiah, the Son of God. In other words, Jesus is the longed for one. The Savior. And the final and crucial step which John writes is that by believing you may have life in his name. I believe in a place called hope. Hope comes through the resurrection of Christ. It comes through an encounter with Christ. It comes through a personal faith in him. I want to leave you with a question. Have you come to a place called hope? Amen. And now we sing from thanks and praise, number 100. My hope is built on nothing less than Jesus' blood and righteousness.
our faith in the words of the Apostles' Creed. I believe in God, the Father Almighty, creator of heaven and earth. I believe in Jesus Christ, God's only Son, our Lord, who was conceived by the Holy Spirit, born of the Virgin Mary, suffered under Pontius Pilate, was crucified, died and was buried. He descended to the dead. On the third day he rose again. He ascended into heaven. He is seated at the right hand of the Father, and he will come again to judge the living and the dead. I believe in the Holy Spirit, the Holy Catholic Church, the communion of saints, the forgiveness of sins, the resurrection of the body, and the life everlasting. Amen. The Lord be with you. Lord have mercy. Christ have mercy. Lord have mercy. Our Father, who art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come. Thy will be done on earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread, and forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who trespass against us. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom, the power, and the glory, forever and ever. Amen. Show us your mercy, O Lord, and grant us your salvation. O Lord, guide and defend our rulers, and grant our government wisdom. Let your ministers be clothed with righteousness, and let your servants shout for joy. O Lord, save your people, and bless those whom you have chosen. Give peace in our time, O Lord, and let your glory be over all the earth. O God, may clean our hearts within us, and renew us by your Holy Spirit. Risen Christ, whose absence leaves us in despair, but whose presence is overwhelming, breathe on us with your abundant life, that where we cannot see, we may have courage to believe, that we may be raised with you. Amen. Almighty Father, you have given your only Son to die for our sins and to rise again for our justification. Grant us so to put away the leaven of malice and wickedness, that we may always serve you in pureness of living and truth, through the merits of your Son, Jesus Christ our Lord. Amen. Lord, sometimes, like Thomas, we doubt before we believe. During times like the ones we find ourselves in, we may be susceptible to doubt. The pandemic may have caused us to become weary and tired, and faith can sometimes become stronger or it can waver as a result. If we waver and doubt, Lord, let that doubt lead to questions, and those questions lead to answers. If we feel that during COVID our faith has suffered, let us take the opportunity to deepen our knowledge and understanding of your word, Lord. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for our local communities. We pray for our local businesses and industries. It has been a tough year 
on all involved. But Lord, we pray that as the months move on and life becomes more free, that all involved in these sectors will have an opportunity to benefit. We pray for all of those in education, from our local national schools through to secondary and on to third level. We pray that both pupils and teachers can remain safe as they eventually return into the classrooms. We pray, Lord, that you can ease everyone's fears and worries about going back. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, we pray for those known to us in our local communities who are unwell at this time. We pray for those who find themselves ill, either at home or in hospital. We pray for those known to us who are in nursing homes and have found the isolation from their family and friends very difficult. We bring their names to you in prayer, Lord, and pray that you will ease their suffering. We also pray for those who are in mourning at this time. We ask that you will comfort them in their grief. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Lord, finally, let the lesson of doubting Thomas inspire us. Despite his scepticism, Thomas was still loyal to the believers and to Jesus himself. We all may have our doubts sometimes, but we can use that doubt to explore our faith deeper and gain a closer relationship with you, Lord. If we feel like that today, Lord, give us the patience and determination to become better disciples. Lord, in your mercy, hear our prayer. Speaking loud. 
From inside the old church at Knockbride, on behalf of Reverend David and myself, can I thank all those who were involved in our service this morning. But most of all, can I thank you for being here and joining with us in worship today. And as we go, we'll share the words of the grace together. And the grace of our Lord Jesus Christ, the love of God, and the fellowship of the Holy Spirit be with us all evermore. Amen.